You're listening to Meet the Thriller Author, the podcast where I interview writers of mysteries, thrillers, and suspense books. I'm your host, Alan Peterson, and this is episode number 114. In this uh, episode of the podcast, I welcome back Andrews and Wilson. They're the best-selling co-author team of multiple covert ops and action-adventure thriller series, uh, Tier One, Sons of Valor, and The Shepherds. Uh, Brian Andrews is a U.S. Navy veteran, park leadership fellow, and former submarine officer with psychology degree from Vanderbilt, and a master's in business from Cornell University. And Jeffrey Wilson has worked as an actor, firefighter, paramedic, jet pilot, and driving instructor, as well as a vascular and trauma surgeon. He served in the United States Navy for 14 years and made multiple deployments as a combat surgeon with the East Coast Base SEAL team. Anders and Wilson keep putting out amazing thrillers. Not only are these guys already juggling uh, multiple great series uh, full of action and, and adventure, uh, it's just uh, been announced uh, recently that they've been tapped to uh, write the next Webb Griffin novel. So they're going to uh, pick up the uh, mantle for the uh, iconic uh, books uh, crea- and characters created by uh, Webb Griffin. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, all three other projects. These guys are like the uh, the busiest uh, working thriller authors in the show business. They're like the James Brown of thrillers. And which is why this is the third time they'll be on the podcast because they're always putting out good stuff. So uh, happy to have them back and talk about the, their latest projects. Uh, so stay tuned for that. A quick note, if you want to support the uh, podcast, please head on over to uh, thrillingreads.com forward slash support. There's ways there where you can uh, help out the uh, podcast uh, financially and as well as uh, asking you to please uh, rate and review this uh, podcast wherever it is you subscribe to it. It really helps get the uh, word out and help me with the visibility on the uh, podcasting directory. So I would appreciate that as well. Here's my interview with Andrews and Wilson coming up right now. This is Alan with Meet the Thriller Author, and on the podcast, I have the uh, dynamic duo, Andrews and Wilson, on for the third time. You guys are the first guests I've had three times on, so that's, uh, you know, I don't know. You don't get anything, but wow. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, well, it's we good to talk to you again. We always enjoy it. Yeah, well, you, you guys are so uh, prolific, uh, putting out great work out there, so it's not so surprising. <laughs> Your latest book, a collateral, the, the tier one, t- uh, number six is out. It's been out for a couple weeks now. Right? Going, yeah, going no, we're, great. We're really um, excited. Yeah, we do. You know, our, all of our books really do great on Audible because we have just the amazing Ray Porter, uh, and this one has been no exception. I think in the first twenty-four hours, we made it to number one on the Audible list again. So um, that has nothing to do with us, Alan. That's Ray <laughs> Porter. Like <laughs> that's all Ray Porter. But yeah, the book is. The book is doing great. We're getting a lot of positive feedback about it. We were, with this one, we were maybe nervous for the first time because we really sort of made some uh, big leaps in this book compared to the other five and did some things we hadn't done before. Uh, in particular, we sort of raised the global stakes. You know, our, our series is very much a deep, dark, black covert operations team kind of thing. Um, but in this book, we set the backdrop of, uh, you know, nations, us and, and Russia on the brink of war. We brought in a lot of conventional force stuff to our to our uh, covert ops backdop. We had, you know, uh, Arleigh Burke destroyer. We had uh, Marine F-35s and Air Force F-22s engaging the enemy. We have troops on the ground. And we had not done that before um in in this series and so we were excited to see what the response was and we were relieved to find that people did enjoy it it's still about ember and dempsey and grimes and munn out there in the in the covert world um but this backdrop of uh you know giving voice to like the arlie burke skipper for example that was really fun for us but you just never know until the book comes out whether 
whether they're going to like it as much as you like doing it. And so we're happy to find that people seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I remember when I talked to you guys last time, you were doing the research, you like actually talked to one of the skippers and so every, it's kind of nice to see, right. seeing the payoff of all that come together. Yeah, no, that was, that was really fun. Um, Jeff and I contacted some friends of ours at the Pentagon and, and said, Hey, you know, do, do you guys have a Arlie Burke skipper up there on staff somewhere that we could, who'd be willing to, you know, sort of, be a subject matter expert for us. And uh, so we had a great guy who will remain nameless, but he, he does make a, a little cameo somewhere in the book. He's one of the characters on the ship, uh, but he's not the, he's not the skipper, even though he was giving us guidance of, you know, how it would be on a skipper. So, you know, as you know, I'm a, I was a submarine officer. Jeff spent plenty of time with special forces and, and um, he's done some, he's flown jets. So we, we know how the lingo goes on submarines and in aviation, but you know, every platform has its own distinct, uh, you know, lingo and stations and the way they talk to each other and stuff. So when Jeff and I work on the rough draft, we, we sort of did our best of how we thought they talked on an Arleigh Burke. And he's like, uh, you know, they wouldn't say that, or, you know, this is how we'd actually do it. So that was, that was really fun. So we, we'd love to send some copies to some more surface warfare, you know, folks and see if they feel like we, represented them you know in a, in a positive and accurate light is this the mo- require more research than your other books uh, usually or is it the same a little bit more just because of those kinds of things he had the opportunity to talk to this guy at the pentagon who by the way he gave us an insane amount of time um and and seemed to really enjoy it like he seemed to really get into it uh, but also the technical aspects of you know some of the tactical jets you know i know a little bit about aviation. I spent some time in that community, but it's all new now compared to what I know. So, you know, I had to do a little research on the F-35, especially the Marine platform, which performs differently than the Navy and the Air Force platform. So that B model F-35 uh, is a completely different jet um, just because of, you know, the way that this rotating engine in the center of the jet is configured. It changes a lot of things, but yeah, so we did the short answer is we did a a lot more research on some of the technical aspects Um, in terms of Dempsey and his gang doing their thing. That was sort of the same stuff talking to our people in the special operations community and saying, Hey, is this, is this how you think this is going to resonate with people? Are we going to look embarrassed? And um, so we got the normal guidance, but the technical stuff, definitely more this time. Yeah, and the other fun thing we did in this book, and Jeff sort of mentioned this before, is we did some wargaming. So we spent a lot of time looking at the Black Sea. That's the sort of the powder keg in this book. Um, you know, the Black Sea is a, from a naval standpoint, it's very interesting. You know, massive captive body of water, con- access is controlled by Turkey. But, you know, since the Russians took the Crimean Peninsula, it's very obvious, you know, that they have been going for naval superiority. They want to dominate the Black Sea space. Uh, Sevastopol, that naval base, they have built that thing up and loaded up with aircraft and surface air missile batteries and lots and lots of ships. So they've been very, very active. They're very, very aggressive contro- controlling the Black Sea. So that that was something that, you know, neither, neither one of us have actually operated in the Black Sea, but we uh, wanted to make it a big part of this book. So that's the focal point for sort of all the Ukraine uh, Russian American activity. And we learned a lot like uh, operating in the Black Sea is no joke uh, for American forces. You know, it's a bottleneck getting in and out of there. They have control of the airspace quite easily. I mean, yes, we can 
confront them in that airspace pretty easily from our assets farther to the east. But they've got kilo submarines in there. We can't even get a submarine in there undetected. And so it's a very unbalanced uh, place for a, for a conflagration from a naval um, surface uh, warfare and undersea warfare uh, standpoint. So that was exciting. And then these shifting borders in Ukraine with the annexation of Crimea and all that, that was also fascinating. We learned a lot. I have a friend who is, um, uh, I won't mention his name either, but uh, he's a, a colonel in the Air Force and is in the war gaming business. He actually does that, you know, the Air Force now for a living. Um, and so I was able to ask him a couple of times, you know, so here's what we did. Is that stupid? And he's like, no, 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 maybe tweak this and that. So we did get to engage a lot of people that we haven't engaged before um, just because of the geopolitics, but also just the technical and strategic aspects of operating in that region. It was a lot of fun. I don't know. I hope the readers are having fun reading it, but it is one of the more fun books we've had to write. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait. I haven't got, I haven't read that one yet, but that's it's the it's definitely my to be. I'm gonna try to try the audiobook now that you mentioned that because now you, you you have me sold. What was the name of the narrator? Uh, <laughs> the Ray Porter. Porter. Yeah, Ray Porter. Yeah. Ray Porter. Yeah. No. It's, yeah, it's, and it's, I, awesome. you know, Alan, you know, for your listeners, I should point out because this is a cool feature that a lot of people don't know about. If you buy the Kindle edition, um, because our Audible, you know, contract is sort of linked with Amazon. They have this whisper sync feature, which means that for $1.99, you can add the audio to your Kindle version. So in fact, it's cheaper to go ahead and just buy the Kindle and the whisper sync ad narration for $1.99 than it is to buy the audiobook. And what's really cool about it is if you're somebody who likes to read, but you have a commute, or sometimes you like to listen, but your preference is to read, this function will allow you to keep track. So you can read. In your Kindle and where you leave off, you can pick up with the audio and they'll keep your, your place. Then when you go back to wanting to read the print, it'll switch back to where you were from the audio. So it's, it's really, really great uh, for folks that want to try out the audio but don't want to have to invest in you know, signing up for Audible for a year or whatever. Yeah, I just discovered that recently. It's, it is an awesome feature because, yeah, I usually read my books on, on Kindle and uh, – it, it popped up that like, you know, Amazon is so good at recommending things. And, and yeah, they're like, Hey, you can do this. I'm like, well, I didn't know you could do that. And yeah. So you don't even have to have the uh, $15 a month audible membership or whatever, or buy credit. So that's, yeah, it's a sweet feature. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so what about the, we also talked to, uh, I really liked the, the novellas. Are you still working on those? I know you were, you were trying to get the fans involved to pick up which one, how's that going? How's that project going? That was a lot of fun. It's, it's, yeah, it's going great. The fans have spoken. And so uh, our, our girl, Elizabeth Grimes is next up and we've actually started on that novella. We'll hope we're going to have it out to people in the spring. Um, and that was a, it's, it's a fun one for us. We were a little surprised that how overwhelming the uh, fan selection for her to be the next novella was like we knew she was popular um, but you know we've got kelso jarvis and dan munn and like these bigger than life characters but it was not close it was not like down to a couple of votes it was overwhelmingly everybody wanted elizabeth grimes and so that's a bit of a challenge for us because you know these are action books that we write and we're telling backstory in these novellas well you know, in, in Scars, what was Dempsey before he was Dempsey? Well, he was a he was a tier one SEAL. So, I mean, it's easy to write sort of that SEAL action and find things in his backstory that would resonate. 
But Grimes wasn't. Grimes, you know, the, the people that have read the first few books, they know that she came into this world uh, with a bad attitude, a little bit of a cynic. And in book one, she was sort of the, uh, considered herself the voice of reason, but to everyone else, she was just kind of a pain in the ass. And uh, her motivation is the death of her brother, who was a Navy SEAL. So to try to find a compelling backstory was uh, challenging if we were trying to limit ourselves to that action-packed stuff. So what we did instead was we went off into a political intrigue. And so we've built a really fun political suspense novella around Grimes that readers of this series will enjoy because there's lots of little Easter eggs tying back to the SEAL team uh, that her brother served in and eventually Ember uh, through Kelso Jarvis and and even even Jack Kemper. So um, I think people will like it. We're having fun writing it because it's a little different. Is it is it more challenging to write it from the uh, female perspective too for you guys? <laughs> you know, we get that I mean, question a lot. Given Grimes a voice, yeah. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I think we get that question a lot. You know, um, how do you guys write from the female POV? And and you know, what we've taken the approach of is, you know, we try to be gender agnostic to the best extent that we can. I mean, you know, we we. We don't know what it's like to be Elizabeth Grimes. We know what it's like to be, you know, us, but we can just do our best to imagine, you know, what she's feeling like and the things she's going through and, you know, what it would be like in this male dominated, you know, task force. And, uh, you know, we just try to treat the situation with, uh, you know, logic and respect and, and hope that that resonates with uh, our female readers. And so far, you know, the feedback has been really, really positive that she does resonate and, they feel like she's a realistic character and that we, we, we represent the, the, the female, you know, psyche and emotions and, and, and conditions, you know, with a certain degree of accuracy. So we're, we're proud of that. And we're both married to, to amazing, beautiful, strong women um, who have had, you know, careers and, and stuff like that. And so we have a sounding board that we can turn to when we're unsure. Um, in terms of the novella, I don't think it was any more or less challenging than before because we've always given Grimes a voice. She's had a POV from the very first book and, and we've grown her character as we've arced her out and grown her um, representation and her POV representation in, in each subsequent book. So we sort of have her voice in our head already, her point of view in our head already. It's a little challenging to go back to before we began her arc, but um, even that, I think we know her well enough now that it wasn't wasn't too difficult. Well, I mean, we're not done yet, so maybe maybe you're cursing us, maybe you're jinxing us, Alan, and we're gonna <laughs> now we're gonna stumble over all of these things. <laughs> be like, we'll oh, damn him! <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a new we have a new female uh, protagonist character in our Sons of Valor series. So one of the things that we we always try to do is pay attention to what our fans like. And over the years, we one of the most popular characters in the Tier 1 series is uh, Lieutenant Commander Chunk Redman. And so Chunk makes these cameos. He, he first showed up in War Shadows. He was back in Crusader 1. And then he returned in Red Spectre. So he's been in three of uh, the first five books. And then, of course, uh, this new book, Collateral, he's back. So, you know, Chunk has longstanding, you know, tradition in the series. And uh, that's just because of how popular it was. So uh, we were fortunate enough to um, get Blackstone, Rick Blyweiss over at Blackstone has uh, adapted us to write a, a, a new series 
featuring Chunk and the reconstitution of Tier 1. And uh, we have a great female millennial character over there who's an analyst with the new Tier 1. And uh, so that's another chance for us to you know, explore a different dynamic, you know, a new female POV. So we're pretty excited about that series too. We always love to have strong female characters in our books, um, not just so we don't get in trouble at home, but also because uh, honestly, that's the world now. I can tell you, you know, in a, in a decade of um, deploying and working uh, alongside special warfare um, in and out of the Navy, there are a lot of women in this space. There's, uh, there's no female SEALs, but there's a lot of women in uh, covert operations and in, even in the special warfare space. You know, when we deployed with the East Coast Space SEAL team I was assigned to, there were women on that deployment in very active, important roles. And so it's not difficult to uh, do it because it's real world, um, but it's important to us that we do it because we want to represent that world well. And and Brian was alluding to uh, Whitney Watts, this this new female character. She was a little more challenging because... Mm-hmm. You know, she this it, she's completely different from Elizabeth Grimes. You know, Elizabeth Grimes comes from that, you know, geo more of a political figure to eventually she's a sniper on our team, and it's been a fun arc for her. But this woman has no interest in becoming an Elizabeth Grimes. She's she's very much a fish out of water, which has been really fun to write. Uh, but we think we hope that the the readers are going to really enjoy her. And when's that book coming out? June, book, uh, June 8th, I June think, 8th. is that right? Yep. Yeah. That's our, that will be our next release, big release. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And we'll then, get a novella out for you guys before then. But. Oh, okay. So another, another, the tier one novellas, is that yeah. the Grimes one that's yeah. coming out? Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. The Grimes will come out before June and then, um, Sons of Valor. That's the first book in that series. So we're really, really excited about it. So. Sweet. And that's your first June book with the Blackstone, June right? Yeah, that's our first Yeah, well, we have a... Yep. Now, we so did... Just, we, well, we did do... Uh, Beijing Red and Hong Kong Black were produced... The audiobooks were produced by Blackstone, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, did you ever did you ever read those books or hear about those? That's something most people don't know about with us. <laughs> no, I, I'm not, I wasn't yeah. familiar with them. I was, like, I was just kind of like, oh, I haven't heard of those. <laughs> well, they're written, written under a pseudonym, Alex Ryan, uh, for a different publisher. Um, but yeah, that was a that, the audible deal was with through black. The audio was through Blackstone. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, they that, 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 that series is sort of an international series. It's got a little bit of a, an interesting male female dynamic, and um, so that was fun. Again, it was under that pseudonym, so a lot of folks don't know that was us, but that was us. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Alex Ryan, huh? Is that a little uh, Tom Clancy nod? Or <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That you have to ask. The, you have to ask the publisher. I think <laughs> we didn't. We didn't choose that name. Oh, okay. I got it. <laughs> and then the but the all other- of our books have mm-hmm. have strong females in it, including that one. The Alex Ryan series series has a very strong female character who's actually one of the two lead characters. Um, the the Shepherd series has some strong women in it, and you know we're going to be writing this. Uh, this new series with with uh, Putnam and has that has an amazingly powerful woman in it too. All of them different, but uh, very strong female character. In all of our yeah, that was the big news too from the last time we spoke. You you guys are, are picking up the mantle of W. E. B. Griffin, Web Griffin. That's uh, amazing. How did that all come together? And are you guys nervous? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a fair question because it is intimidating, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Web Griffin is literally the icon. Uh, you know, we use that term, we overuse iconic, but he literally is the icon of military thrillers for sure um, for decades and decades now. Um, but he did have this one series, the Presidential Agent series, which was a more contemporary uh, series of books set in, you know, post 9-11 War on Terror uh, with a really fun character named uh, Charlie Castile. Um, and there were eight books in that series. Um, and as you know, um, Mr. Griffin has passed away and the estate wanted to bring that series back. And we were hugely flattered to be asked by Tom Colgan uh, over at Penguin Random House if we would consider um, picking that series up and and it's not a reboot of the series it's not starting back over like they do with the Jack Ryan character this is continuing the series on so we'll be writing the ninth book in that series so the first thing you feel is flattered and then reality sinks in and you're like man you know that's like a, that's a lot of responsibility to try to do justice uh, to someone as iconic as Webb Griffin but we had an advantage here Alan which is that the last book in that series, it's going to be, you know, seven, eight years between that book and when the first one that we write comes out. And so what we were able to do was insert that timeline into the plot arcing of, of the book so that there's been an extensive period of time between book eight and book nine um, uh, in, in our writing. And so that gave us a little more freedom. We could introduce new characters. You know, if you had to just pick up three weeks later from a book by someone like Webb Griffin, as some of our friends have done um, in, in various uh, projects, you know, Mark Graney writes in that space, Josh Hood writes in that space. That I think would be a lot more difficult, but being able to introduce new characters and have a, a little bit of a gap made it a little bit more uh, palatable. And also the amazing support of both the estate and Tom Colgan who said, look, we don't want you to try to reproduce Webb Griffin. We want Andrews and Wilson to write the next book we want you to pay honor to the characters. We want you to keep those characters alive, but we know that you need to do it in your voice. And so that took a huge weight off of us. Um, but it's been really fun, intimidating, but really, really fun. Well, that's awesome. Well, you guys, uh, when's that coming out? That's coming up next year or 2022? Or? <laughs> that'll, that'll be late. Late 21 is our understanding. We don't have a, a firm pub date, but I know that when we started the negotiations, they were talking about, you know, late in next year. So uh, we'll, we'll have more announcements on the exact date, but the rough draft is, uh, is pretty much done. And we're working with Tom now and with the estate to make sure it's exactly what everybody thinks it should be. Um, but yeah, we'll be ready to go for for a launch next year for sure. All right. And so uh, guys are busy. Uh, best place for uh, listeners to find <laughs> out about all your stuff. Uh, it's got to be your website. <laughs> yeah, you can go to our website. It's www.anders-wilson.com. And if you go there on the homepage, you can sign up for our mailing list. That's the easiest way. We don't, we don't uh, distribute your emails or sell it or anything like that. So we'll keep that safe and, and we won't flood your inbox with emails all the time. So just, just the breaking news and, Another cool thing is if you subscribe to our mailing list, like we'll give you access to stuff first and special promotions and things like that, that we don't do necessarily on social media. So. All right, cool. Well, uh, guys, uh, nice talking to you again. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Uh, telling us about all your projects. Always uh, fun talking with you, with you, uh, with you guys. We always enjoy it, Alan. Thanks so much for having us. 
Yeah, thanks, Alan. This is a great time. Thanks for listening to the Meet the Thriller Author podcast. Be sure to visit thrillerauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover great thrilling reads. If you enjoy the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, uh, rate, and give a review uh, to it, wherever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast, be it uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, wherever it is that you're uh, listening to this right now, I would appreciate it. And uh, please do check out my own thriller novels over at my website at alanpeterson.com. Until next time.